Welcome to episode 17 of the Wolf Sports Show. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. There are two weeks remaining in the NFL's regular season. Many playoff spots still up for grabs. This week's episode really will be shorter. This week, we'll run through the power rankings, give quick thoughts on the upcoming week, but it'll be focused on the power rankings. However, first I want to mention legendary coach and broadcaster John Mann has died at 85 years old. I'm only 27, so I only vaguely remember him calling games. But if you're a football fan of just about any age, you're probably familiar with him somehow. You might not even know it. For example, including the Madden video games, which are named after him. A franchise that sold billions of dollars worth of revenue across multiple decades, multiple gaming systems, named after him. And Madden was obviously a icon in football and sports and entertainment. I don't know how or why it took so long for Madden to get in the Hall of Fame, but he won a Super Bowl for the Raiders and has the highest winning percentage in history for a coach that coached at least 10 seasons. He retired, I think it was at age 42, but he accomplished a huge amount in that relatively short period of time as a head coach. I talked about the All Madden documentary that aired on Fox on Christmas Day, and it was very good and worth the hype. It was really nice that Madden got to see that, and it was really surprising that he passed just a few days after. But again, at least he got to see that and saw all the former players and everyone, people he worked with, talk so highly about him, as everyone did. And All Man re-airs tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. And I recommend you watch it. There's no Thursday night game on tonight, so that'll be airing in its place on Fox. And it's definitely worth a watch. And before every game this week, there'll be a moan of silence for Batten, as he deserves. Now we'll run through the power rankings. We're going to hit every team, 1 through 32. Number one, the Packers at 12-3. and three. They're coming off the Christmas Day win over the Browns at home. Things got a little shaky at the end, but Devontae Adams scored two touchdowns. He was unguardable, as he usually is. And the defense had four interceptions, including two more by Russell Douglas. And now Jair Alexander. He's been activated. He had to be activated if he was going to play this season, so he still might not play on Sunday. Sunday night against the Vikings. But he has a shot to return at some point this season, even if it's not until the playoffs. Number two, the Buccaneers at 11-4. and four. Could easily be number one. In the first game without Chris Godwin, who's done for the year, unfortunately, with the torn ACL. Mike Evans out with the hamstring. And Leonard Fournette out for the rest of the regular season, also with the hamstring. All out. But Antonio Brown returned. Tom Brady picked apart the Panthers' defense. Brown had 10 catches for 101 yards. He's He might be the key for them. 
Brady trusts throwing to him. Both Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn ran well against Carolina. The defense shut down the Panthers, and Bucks should keep rolling this week against the Jets on the road against the Jets. The Bucks are 13-point favorites. Facing rookie quarterback, I think that might go up as we get closer to Sunday. Number three, the Chiefs, also 11-4. and four. Completely dominated in their home win over the Steelers. I thought that was a game that maybe Pittsburgh could challenge them. That didn't happen. Kansas City's in a good spot as they try to lock up the one seed in the AFC and home field advantage there. And with the way the defense is played, winning at Arrowhead in January would be a major challenge for other teams. But number four, the Bills, they just won in Foxborough. They beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead earlier this season. Josh Allen was just, he made crazy throws in the win over the Patriots. Isaiah McKenzie stepped up with a couple of tough catches. He had a bunch of catches in the game, but also some key ones. With Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis out because of COVID-19. Allen doesn't get enough respect around the league. I think he's the MVP favorite right now with two weeks to go. But other guys get mentioned way more than him. You could see after the game on the TV broadcast, picked it up. Bill Belichick, pretty much he seeked out Allen and I guess kind of gave him the handshake hug thing. And you could tell that he has a ton of respect for his ability. He wouldn't have gone to found Allen and done that if he didn't think he was one of the best players in the league, which he is. And now Buffalo is in the driver's seat for the AFC East. Number five, the Titans. We knew it was going to be a gritty type of game on Thursday night against the Niners. And it was that, and the Titans were able to win it. A.J. Brown returned to the lineup after a stint on injured reserve, and he totally went off. Of course, they're really different when Derrick Henry's in the lineup, but also with A.J. Brown in the lineup and getting a good amount of targets, they have extremely high upside. Number six, the Colts. Their game behind the Titans in the AFC South, but they lost twice to them, so it would take too much. Probably they're not going to win the division, but they're in a good spot for the wild card race despite getting hit very hard by COVID last week. Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, probably they're definitely, I'd say, two of their top three players, along with Jonathan Taylor. But Indy still beat the Cardinals on the road on Christmas night. And now Carson Wentz is on the COVID list, but the NFL, NFLPA's new rules, new protocols, shorten the time even for unvaccinated players to potentially return from 10 days to five days if they're, they need to pass tests like no symptoms and Stuff like that. But Wentz has a shot to not miss any time thanks to the new protocols. Number seven, the Cowboys at 11-4. and four. There was a lot of talk about a slump for the offense, for Dak Prescott on the offense. And they more than got back on track on Sunday night against Washington. A blowout, huge blowout win. It was good to see the offense get going again, but the story remains the defense. They just make so many plays, and it's one of the best, one of the top playmaking units I've ever seen in turning the ball over or scoring touchdowns. They have, I think, several touchdowns this year defensively. Number eight, the Rams also 11-4. and four. Matthew Stafford did not play well in the win over the Vikings. Threw three interceptions and really allowed Minnesota to make it a game in some ways. 
But hopefully he gets these out of the way. Maybe he can get on a hot streak for the postseason. And then, as I've said, I don't really believe in them that much. But if Stafford gets hot, who knows what can happen for a stretch. And the Colts and Jonathan Taylor had a bye week in December. But the NFL's leading rusher this month is Sony Michelle. If you have listened to the show, you know I was kind of pounding the tail for them to get Michelle involved a lot. And they've done that. I wanted him to be the lead guy, and he finally has been over the past few games, and they're going to keep going with him. As Sean McVay has said himself. Number nine, the Patriots at nine and six. This might be too low of a drop, but I had to bring up the 11 win Cowboys and Rams ahead of them, I think. New England has lost two consecutive games, they just couldn't get off the field against Josh Allen last week. Give Allen credit for making exceptional throws. They didn't have Nelson Aguilar and Ramondre Stevenson on offense last week. Aguilar had a concussion, and Stevenson is on the COVID list. Hopefully they get them back for the final two games offensively as they look to secure a playoff spot and get something going on that side of the ball heading into the playoffs, hopefully. Number 10, the Cardinals. We said how they lost on Christmas. They face the Cowboys this week. They're pretty big underdogs at, I think it's at six points right now. It was five earlier, now it's six. You can see they're getting frustrated, including Kyler Murray. I think they need to not press so much. But it's interesting. I saw this morning, I have it in front of me, Cliff Kingsbury. His teams have started fast every season, really, almost, except for his first with Arizona dating back to his time at Texas Tech as a head coach starting in 2013. Starting in 2013 with Texas Tech, 7-0 start that first year, but they lost five of the last six. 2014, a 2-0 start, lost eight of the final 10. 2015, started 5-2, lost four of the final six. 2016, 3-1, but lost six of the final eight. 2017, 4-1, and then also lost six of the final eight. His final year at Texas Tech, in 2018, he was 5-2, and two, and they lost the final five games. And then his first year with the Cardinals, 3-3-1, three, three and one, which was a pretty good start as a rookie head coach, but then they lost seven of the last nine. Last year started 6-3, and three, lost five of the last seven, and this year started 7-0, and oh, and they are 3-5 and five in their last eight. So that's interesting, something to keep an eye on. Kingsbury's looking for an extension. He's done a good job with Arizona, but it's interesting that it's been like that for them and for him. Number 11, the Bengals, they could easily be over the Cardinals and others in the power rankings with the talent they have on offense. They just need to win. The, they're not easy matchups. They face the Chiefs this week, underdogs at home, but they need to win one of their last two games, and they'll be AFC North champions which was a somewhat of a trendy pick in the preseason. And it's come together. The defense, as I said before the year, if it's an above-average unit paired with the offense, they could be really good as a team. Trey Hendrickson has been a big boost as a free agent signing. He's racking up a ton of sacks. And in the win over the Ravens last week, Joe Burrow threw for 525 yards. All three starting receivers and Joe Mixon all had strong games. They kind of ran it up at the end, which I didn't mind after 
Ravens defensive coordinator Wink Martindale had some, I think, unnecessary comments saying that Bro doesn't have a gold jacket yet when somebody asked about defending him versus Aaron Rodgers or something to that extent. And as Bro said after the game, it was just like he's right. Bro said himself he's right. He's early in his career. He's not on track for a gold jacket right now, and a lot can happen over the years, and maybe he will be. But anyway, Bro said it was it felt unnecessary to do that, and the Bengals kept throwing, and Bro got over 500 yards, which is very rare. I think 19 quarterbacks, if I remember hearing correctly, have went over 500 yards in a game, or 19 times that it's happened, and some have multiple, I think. If the Bengals can beat the Chiefs this week, that would be massive heading into what will be a locked-up postseason appearance. Number 12, the Eagles suddenly in a NFC wildcard spot at 8-7, and seven, a good spot. They started slow last week against the Giants, which was concerning because they didn't play well against them the first matchup, a loss. But Jalen Hurts and the offense snapped out of it, an eventual blowout win. Miles Sanders has a broken hand, so he's going to miss time, maybe the rest of the year. But I think Jordan Howard, assuming he's healthy, and the other running back should be able to keep the run game going, which has been exceptional behind an elite offensive line. And they finished their season against Washington and then Dallas. And there's a chance the Cowboys are not playing for seeding if they're locked up heading into the final week. Number 13, the Niners at 8-7 and seven also. Had that tough loss last Thursday night to the Titans. Jimmy Garoppolo is now dealing with the thumb injury a torn ligament and a bone chip fracture, which explains why he struggled some on Thursday night. So rookie Trey Lance might be forced into the starting lineup, and everyone around him and the defense, special teams, would all need to step up. Lance has high upside, but he has not. He simply hasn't played much at all the past two years. North Dakota State just had one game last season that he played in, so he just and he had the one start earlier this season, so he has just not played much recently number 14 the dolphins keep rising they've now won seven straight games they're eight and seven after a one and seven start jalen waddles nearing 100 receptions this year which i thought was somewhat it's not really surprising to me given how that how high they drafted him how it seemed like they were going to use him in offense and i didn't think it was fair but there was talk about brian flores maybe being fired after the season when they started so slow, but he's done an outstanding job of getting them turned around this season. Number 15, the Ravens, also at 8-7, and seven, right in the mix for the division still, despite losing the Bengals twice and for a wildcard spot. Lamar Jackson still dealing with the ankle injury. It turns out to be a bone bruise, which is worse than just a sprain. Tyler Huntley was on the COVID list last week, so Josh Johnson had to step in. The veteran Johnson, he played fine. He's more than capable of stepping in like he did on short notice, but I don't think quarterback would have made a huge difference with the way the defense was lit up by the Bengals. And I just got to say, I thought it was odd that John Harbaugh had a problem with the Bengals throwing a lot at the end and asking Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, what that was about, basically. The Ravens have done similar things in the past, so I don't know, that was weird that he was upset. I thought he'd be one of the last people to be upset about that. But 16, the Chargers at 8-7 and seven also. They're coming off the most stunning result of Week 16, losing the Texans and losing big to them. They now need some help to get in the postseason. 
the defense has just been disappointing for Los Angeles, given that Brandon Staley's a defensive head coach and there's talent on that side of the ball. They just haven't they haven't been good enough. Seventeen the Steelers. Again, I thought they had a shot at Airhead and maybe pull up the upset with Ben Roethlisberger coming down the stretch, his final stretch of games in his career. He's going to retire after this season. It's well known at this point, and he'll he'll be playing unless they win the division and get a home playoff game. He'll be playing his final home game against the Browns on Monday night. But despite the disappointing loss to the Chiefs, they just need to win two more games, get to nine, seven, and one, and they might have a shot to get a wild card spot at least. Number 18, the Browns at 7-8. and eight. They're looking to spoil Roethlisberger's final game at Heinz Field, likely. Baker Mayfield, he did not play well at all on Christmas. But he deserves credit for maybe fans don't want to give it to him. They're just mad how poorly he's playing. But he deserves credit for standing up, not, not making excuses for his play. He has been injured this season pretty seriously with his left shoulder, which... I think does impact you throwing. He just needs to take care of the ball with the way they're built. Hand the ball to Nick Chubb, play strong defense. He can't turn it over four times and throw four interceptions. Number 19, the Vikings at 7-8. and eight. Again, the defense picked off Matthew Stafford a few times to give them a shot against the Rams. The slow start by the offense didn't help. They didn't have Dalvin Cook, so that hurt. Now Adam Thielen is out for the year with the ankle injury after re-injuring it. They go to Lambeau Field on Sunday night, and the temperature is going to be very low. That might be good. It might keep the game close. We'll see. But they did already beat them this year, and they're looking to make it two straight. That would be key to get to 8-8 eight and eight while in the hunt for a wild card spot. Number 20, the Saints. That was just bad on Monday night. Ian Book, rookie quarterback, was put in a tough spot. He didn't get, they said on the Monday Night Broadcast, he didn't get like any live reps in practice with their receivers, and they were trying to get some before the game and pregame warm-ups. So it's nearly impossible when you're dealing with that to get a win. But they did look a little flat to me. Playing at home in front of that crowd, they get Taysom Hill back this week, and they play the Panthers and Falcons over the final two weeks. So there's a path for them to get to 9-8 and eight above 500 and see what happens. 21, the Raiders at 8-7. and seven. The Raiders have been through so much this season, so to be at above 500 with two weeks to go is impressive. Now they have to go to Indy. They're near touchdown underdogs. They need to maybe play their best game of the season, get a win, I think. But if they could do that, they could make things very interesting heading into the final week. 22, the Broncos at 7-8. and eight. The two losses to the Raiders, they just lost last week to them have really in some ways been the difference for them. The Raiders haven't been a juggernaut, and they're a divisional opponents and also happen to be in the wild card mix, both teams this year. So those two losses, if they could have won at least one of them or maybe two, they'd be in a decent spot. They face the Chargers this week. So the Chargers sitting at one game ahead of them, they're still, they'll look to draw even with them and see what happens in the final week. 23, the Falcons at 7-8, they've continued to stay alive. They beat the Lions pretty narrowly, and they remain in the wildcard race in the NFC. It's a great sign, I think, that first-year head coach Arthur Smith has gotten his team to compete 
they don't have the pieces to really be legit Super Bowl contenders quite yet. But to be hovering around 500, I think that's a good sign for Smith. 24, the Washington football team at 6-9. and nine. I said I had it last week. I didn't understand them not flexing out the Cowboys-Washington game out of Sunday Night Football. Bills-Patriots seemed like the logical choice. I guess they wanted the Cowboys and the Washington East Coast market in that window, but it turned out about as bad as it could have. Just really a bad game to watch. Not good for Washington. They had the scuffle between Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Thankfully, they appear to be over that quickly. They said it's like a family thing, brother thing, family's fight. Still just not good. They're still mathematically alive for the postseason. And they're looking to defend home field and beat the Eagles this week. 25, the Chicago Bears at 5-10. and 10. Nick Foles started last week at Snowy Seattle and played well, and Chicago got the win. It makes me question why he didn't get a shot earlier. And I've said it. I think I said it on the first episode. I do not understand at all how the Bears traded for Andy Dalton. Like, that's fine. But then they immediately termed him to QB1. When you have a Super Bowl MVP on the roster, he didn't have much of a shot last year behind the shaky offensive line. But there was no competition. It was just Dalton's job. I didn't agree with that at all. And it makes me wonder if Foles, it was just one game, but if he was starting all year, maybe they'd be in a better spot right now. 26, the Seahawks, also 5-10. and 10. DK Metcalf caught a long touchdown, I think 41 yards down the right sideline. It was nice to see that. The connection with him and Russell Wilson hasn't been doing much recently. The loss at home to a struggling Bears team is just an indication that this has not been Seattle's year. Although Rashad Penny who's been hurt for much of his career, former first-round pick. He again ran well, and it's been impressive the way he's played. And maybe he'll have a spot long-term with the Seahawks after a disappointing start to his career. 27, the Panthers. There has been a lot of talk about Matt Rule and the team maybe moving on from him after just two seasons. I've said in past shows I don't like what he's done with the quarterback situation especially the subbing guys in and out between series and stuff. That said, when he got hired, I've been very high on him in letting him build the program. And he believes the process is 1,000% working, he said. And I see he's been getting made fun of, some online, for saying it. But he's right. It takes years to become an overnight success. People don't understand that, but it takes work to have success in most cases unless you're handed things and rule wasn't handed like a winning team when he took over the Panthers. So I think patience is needed there and you could see the flashes to start this season, especially on defense. 28, the Jets at four and 11. Robert Sala had to miss last week because of COVID-19 unfortunately, but his team was able to beat the Jags. Zach Wilson had a over a 50-yard touchdown round, the longest I think it's been since 2015 by a quarterback. Mariota's 87, I think, yard run when he was with the Titans. Sala and a bunch of other guys for the Jets are back after the COVID-19 protocols. And they'll need all hands on deck the final two games they face the Bucks and the Bills. 29, the Texans. I would be optimistic if I was a Texans fan right now. 
first-year head coach David Coley has things on the right track, it appears. They're playing well late in the season. And rookie quarterback Davis Mills, third-round pick, is making a very solid case to be the starter in 2022, which is what you wanted. This quarterback class isn't thought to be that great of a group. And Mills might be the best choice to give him a shot heading into next season. Lions close loss to the Falcons. Jared Goff was out with COVID-19, but he's back this week. And he's another quarterback that I think should remain with the team next year as a starter. And it sounds like Lions head coach Dan Campbell wants that to happen, and he's played well recently. The Lions got two wins, and the roster is in a great shape, a lot of work to do. But if you can build up the offensive line, Golf has shown he can throw the ball about as accurately as anyone. 31, the Giants. Last week, I talked about Jake Fromm. was happy to see him get an opportunity, his first career start. But he had no shot against the Eagles. He was relentlessly under pressure. Not much any quarterback could have done there. And late in year two for Joe Judge, there's a lot of work still to do for the Giants. Haven't seen enough progress, in my opinion, and I don't think the roster is in that bad of shape in terms of talent. And finally, 32, Jaguars. My hope that the Urban Meyer firing might jolt them and get them to play well. It hasn't paid off yet. They're 2-13, and 13, likely to get the number one pick. They're over two touchdown underdogs at Foxborough this week. It'll be a big test for Trevor Lawrence playing at Foxborough in December. And Jag fans are not happy at all with the team apparently keeping general manager Trent Baalke, who's been in on head coaching interviews. Maybe I and many others will be proven wrong in several years, but I think it's a disastrous decision. Again, the fans are not happy. They're campaigning to get the decision reversed, basically. There's been a bunch of clown emojis on Twitter. I wouldn't be shocked if Trent or if uh, Shad Khan, the owner, changes his mind and ends up parting ways with Balky. But again, he's in on the interviews. They're interviewing Doug Peterson today, former Eagles Super Bowl head coach. I think he'd be a good hire and good for Trevor Lawrence. I just don't understand them keeping Balky. And given the track record, I think it's fair to question the decision. They didn't have a good offseason this year. And it seems a full reset is needed on all decision makers from a football perspective. And I'm, I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence having to deal with being what looks like in a very tough spot to have success in the NFL, as of now anyway. So again, wanted to make it a shorter show this week. No questions, but I'll be answering questions next week, or if you have comments, send them in. So you can send in any questions or comments to davidchapin at wolfsports.com. Include your name if you'd like, your hometown, state, country, whatever. And next week, I'll share them. So that does it for episode 17. It was quicker, but we still had all 32 teams. A full slate of games with 15 on Sunday. One on Monday night, the Steelers and Browns in Ben Roethlisberger's final home game, likely. It should be a good week. And we also have the college football playoff semifinal games on New Year's Eve tomorrow. So that'll be good, too. So enjoy all the games and thank you for listening and happy new year.